what a morning, right? Fear go, Holy Spirit come. I mean, we could have ended there and gone home and it would have been amazing. I love that. I'm just so thankful for our worship team. What they tap into every week is amazing. Well, so glad you're with us this morning. My name is Andrew Fish. I'm the associate pastor here. And I'm excited to kind of dive into kind of a part one of kind of some vision. Part two is next week, so you you need to come back. Because part two is going to be awesome. We're going to dive into some more specifics, a little more of the nitty-gritty of like what does this actually look like at a practical level. My dad's going to be going to be with me this, that morning, next morning. He's going to be helping me kind of tackle that. But we're going to dive in this morning to vision because I believe with all my heart, and we talked about it today, that the Lord is moving. And he wants to continue to move, right? And I'm excited for this year. Is anybody excited for this year? I don't know about you, but I was like, 2020 was like, all right, I'm ready to get out of 2020, but I'm going to be honest, 2021 for me was like even more like, oh, come on, 2022, Lord, we got this, it's going to be a good year, just declare it, it's going to be a good year. So um, I'm excited just to dive in here, and of course, let's start every Sunday like we do, Convergence exists to what? encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and his love. This is who we are. If you're a guest this morning, if you're just now joining us, if you're joining us online, maybe this is your first time tuning in, um, this right here is what we're all about. We are all about encountering Jesus, and from that place, cities are transformed. Cities are transformed. And we're going to step into that even more this year. So this morning, I want to take a look, and we're going to start, we're going to take a look back at 2021, and then we're going to present some vision for 2022 that we feel the Lord has given us for this year. But before we do anything, let's pray again. Jesus, Lord, this isn't about a PowerPoint. It's not about good communication skills. This is about our desire to meet with you. So this morning, Lord, as we talk about this, as we dive in, Lord, this isn't just a word for convergence as a local church. This is a word for each and every individual and family in this room. So, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that it would be your words, not mine, Lord, that your spirit, the Holy Spirit that we already talked about that casts out fear is in this room. And that what's happening as we talk about this is that a seed is going to be planted in every heart. And we just thank you for that this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. A, a lot of stuff happened last year. We, we celebrated our 70 years. We had a lot of different things happen. Um, but I want to start real quick. Um, listen, I already talked about the vision statement, but the way that the vision statement happens, a large part of that is through serving. And I am so amazed at the way that this house serves, like the way that you guys volunteer in different capacities. And so I just, I had it on my heart to do this. Um, If you serve in any capacity, I don't care if it's during the week, if it's Sundays, if it's whatever it is, if you volunteer as part of this house in any way, can you stand up? Any way. Wow, come on, look at this. Look around the room. Can we, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, clap. This is amazing. 
Come on. Wow. I just want to say thank you for, for all that you guys do. And I know we have a lot of people. We have a lot of people that aren't here that are a part of that. We have a lot of people that are serving right now in the kids' ministry. We have people that are pouring in. And it's not just about, hey, yeah, we're, we're checking a box. Yeah, we're serving. No, 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 no. It's like, no, we are seeing kids encounter Jesus. We're encountering Jesus for House of Prayer on Thursdays, those that volunteer. We're encountering Jesus when our worship team volunteers their time to wake up really early in the morning to come and practice and and allow their skill and their gift to give that to us on Sundays. It's beautiful. And so I just want to start by saying, like, thank you so much for every person that serves in this house. And I'm I'm just really, like, all of us on staff here, we're, we're really thankful for what you bring and what you carry. And what you are doing is you are allowing that vision statement that we throw up every week to become a reality. It's not about a pastor preaching. It's not about one person up here going, yeah, here we are. It's about each and every one of you, each and every one of us. And as we serve the body, as we serve each other, as we serve guests that come into this house, they encounter Jesus. And then they go out from there and they transform a city. So this is what we're all about. So I also say this to say, this is my my plug as well. If you're not serving, it's a good opportunity to plug in. We got a lot of places that you can plug in. And so I just want to encourage you, talk to somebody. You You can come talk to me. You can come talk to Holly. There's a lot of different areas. You can talk to Kim Audi, who's amazing. You can come talk to one of us and you can say, hey, I'm interested in plugging in. How do I do that? And this is also my plug for if, if you're not connecting and you're like, ah, I'm here, but I'm just feeling isolated. Please don't leave this room without talking to, to one of us. Because our desire is that you would be plugged into community. A local church is not about attending something it's about a family that you belong to this isn't about a sunday morning attendant hey yeah let's just fill some chairs no that's not my desire that's not our desire our desire as a leadership team as a staff here at convergence is that you would become part of the family that you plug in and one of the ways that you do that is by serving one of the ways that you do that is by going to a micro church Go to, go to men's group, go to women's group, go to youth group. We have so many things going on, so many opportunities to plug in. So if you're kind of on the fringe, this is my call to you. Step in with us. Step in with us. We have Discover Convergence February 13th. So if you're a guest here, you need to come to Discover Convergence. That's where we really present the vision. It's where we talk about our values, history, who we are, our our whole staff is there, you can meet with us, you can talk with us, you can ask questions, you can get to know more about who we are here, and then have an opportunity to plug in as a member. And so I want to invite you to that. If if you if you haven't, if you're not a member, if you're a guest, I just want to invite you to discover on February 13th. So you can write that in your calendar. It's right after the right after the service. Over here across the way in the fellowship hall. Serving is a crucial part. Listen to this. Oh, listen to this. We ran some numbers, okay? So average serving 
in a church, who thinks they know what the number is? Yeah, we, all, we have some staff that already know the answer. <laughs> Volunteer stats range from a low of 20% up to 43% on average. Now, what is it in this house? Listen to this. 61%. Come on. Can we? That's amazing. 61% of our body, our, of our active body, serves in some capacity. That's incredible. Thank you. That's amazing. Now let's talk about giving. Again, my dad brought up this is a generous house. Listen to this. The, the numbers are even lower, sadly, for giving. On average, only 17% within a church gives according to a statistic from a major giving platform. Our giving is 72% of households give. Come on. Can we, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you. Again, we have a core value here for, for generosity. Thank you for the way that you give. It's amazing. Like, that is amazing. Do you know what this tells me? It tells me what I'm about to tell you in just a minute and that is that we are a church that is called to redefine what this looks like. We're redefining church for a generation. It, the numbers don't have to be 17%. The numbers to serve don't have to be 20 to 40%. What if a house came together and gave everything to see the kingdom of God transform this city? Come on. Oh, man, you guys got to get as pumped as I am. Let's go. Come on. I needed it, Jason. I needed it. It's perfect timing. So I just want to just throw out some initiatives we did this last year. So we celebrated 70 years as a house. That's amazing. Uh, we started our, our house of prayer really, really took off this year. We started that uh, November of 2020. And it just really took off this year. We started an 11 to 1 p.m. corporate set. So now we have a 9 to 11 a.m. set, we have an 11 to 1 p.m. set, and we have devotional sets that happen from 1 all the way to 4 p.m. What, what does that mean? It means from 9 in the morning on Thursday every week to 4 p.m. in this building, there's prayer and worship happening. That's amazing. And, and I want to encourage you, if you can come, come. Like, take your lunch break with us at 11 to 1. Listen to Seth play the keyboard. Last week I was just sitting in here and Seth was up here for the 11 to 1 and I was like, oh my goodness, this sounds so good. Like, come join us in this room. It's amazing. For those that volunteer, I'm just looking at a, a few people. Corinne, thank you for volunteering for that. I'm just so thankful for everyone that volunteers. Worship in the park. Guys, we, I think we baptized around 60 people this year in the park. Come on, we had salvations. We had people throwing stuff on the stage that they were addicted to. People gathering in the heart of the city to worship and pray. Like what the Lord did through that was amazing. Meeting in the middle of the city and worshiping. It's part of who we are. Unity among churches. One of the areas we also feel a call towards is to bring unity among churches. Now I'm going to stress that word unity. Because there's no such thing as church competition. And I'm ready to crucify that spirit. 
This past year, I want to name some of the ways that, that, that we stepped into this, but we, we had uh, Antioch Fort Worth staff in here, and we prayed over them as a staff. That's amazing. Like, that, that doesn't just happen. You don't just have other churches' staff just come. Like, that's, that's not an accident. That's something that is part of who we are. It's part of who we're going to step into as well. Um, we had youth camp with Upper Room. That's amazing. Come on. There's my youth row right there. I know I can always look, count on you guys. So, um, Worship in the Park was a, was a collaboration. We had one back in, I think it was March, with Lettuce Worship and Mercy Culture. That's amazing. Like, that doesn't just happen. House of Prayer. We have people from other churches around the region that just pop into House of Prayer. And they get an opportunity just to lay on the back row and receive. That's part of our call. Unity among ministries. Unity among churches in the body of Christ. This is like, unity is crucial to where the Lord is taking us. Unity is crucial to where the Lord, to see revival, to see a deeper level of revival happen, it's going to take unity. I can't preach too much because i got to run. i got a lot to cover here. We surrounded people in the body and helped needs. Listen, 2021 was a hard year for many. I'll be the first to raise my hand for that. The way that our body surrounded people and met needs absolutely blew my socks off last year. Like, I'm telling you, we would get text messages like, hey, we're struggling with this. And we'd have like so many people just go, yeah, how can I give? Yeah, how can I plug in? Yeah, how can I help with that need? Like, that's amazing. And I personally felt that as well with our situation. And I just want to say thank you for the way that you step in to meet individual needs. That is a core part. When you read Acts 2.42, right, what does it say? It says they met the needs of others. It was a core part of who the church in Acts was. It's a core part of what the ecclesia, which is church, is, is, is called to, is to just meet individual needs. What else did we do this year? We recorded a song. Oh, come on. This is going to be good. We recorded a song. Our worship team, Justin and Paige Collins, wrote a song called Sweet Fragrance. Uh, we recorded it at our 70th conference this past year. And I just want to play you a, a, a clip of that. You can turn it up loud, Jason. Pop that up. Isn't that amazing? Come on. That, that song comes out February 11th. February 11th. It's going to be available on all platforms. And I'm believing that that song is not just a song, right? It's, it is something that the Lord birthed in this house that the Lord is going to use. And even just the, the words, sweet fragrance. Every time I listen to the song, I think of Luke 7, 36, when the woman fell at Jesus' feet and just begin to kiss his feet. Pour it out. We're pouring it out. 
So I just want to encourage you, get that song when it comes out. Like, that is a core part of this house, too. I'm so, so thankful for Justin and Paige and what you guys do. And just that song is so beautiful. So it's amazing. That's amazing. Come on, yeah. All right, so now I'm going to just, I'm going to quickly just recap some numbers from last year. YouTube and podcasts, we had 125.6 thousand minutes watched on YouTube. That's amazing. 10,000 views, we had over 1,000 podcast downloads. Our social media reached over 50,000 people. Now listen, why, why is this important? This isn't like, hey, look at us, we're so cool. This is about the fact that people are encountering Jesus through media. That's what this is about. I don't even, there's like part of me that doesn't even want to talk about numbers. But then there's this part of me that's like, no, look at what God is doing. Look at what the Lord is doing. Look at what he's doing. Look at this number. Look at these countries and states. California, Virginia, Florida, Georgia, New York, Tennessee, Alabama, Arizona, Canada, South Korea tunes into this. Philippines, Austria, United Kingdom, the Czech Republic, Australia, Malaysia, Zimbabwe. We welcome you, Zimbabwe. If you're watching, come on. That's amazing. Brazil, Philippines, Egypt, Eswatini, and South Africa. Isn't that amazing? Come on. This is, this is the nation's. This is a call for the nations being impacted by what happens in this building. So what's my point? My point is what happens here isn't just staying here. It's impacting South Korea. When I saw South Korea, my mind went, like we don't all get an opportunity to fly to South Korea. But through media, we can see cities. In South Korea transformed. If you're in South Korea right now, I just say, come on. Jesus is coming to South Korea. Come on. Oh, is anybody excited? Man, I'm pumped. So what's the point? Numbers aren't about looking at us, but looking at him. Right? It's look at what Jesus has done. All right, so Vision 2022. So I'm just going to dive into this here and just keep going. So Convergence, what does our name mean, right? You're like Convergence Church. And some of you, you've been here for a long time and you may not even know this. Um, This is what this signifies, that worshipers of Jesus are coming together as one. That's unity, yes? And declares the merging together of the Spirit and the Word. The king with his bride and heaven and earth. It's the convergence. What what does that word mean? It's the merging together of things. So what are we merging in this house? The spirit and the word. I love that. You have to have both. You cannot just have one and you cannot just, you have to have the merging of the word of God and his spirit. Then you have the king with his bride. Oh, what's that? It's Jesus and his people converging together, and then heaven and earth. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. If that's not a cry in your heart, like this morning, let's leave this place going, oh, let heaven come. That's so good. 
Graham Cook said this. I love this. If you don't know Graham, he's an amazing guy with a UK accent. He's from the UK. Um, I, I think he still lives up in Northern California, but this is, this is what he says. The whole point of leadership is the house of God is to empower people to have encounters with the living God every week. Our gatherings should be places of incredible encounter with the living God, not just with someone's anointing. This isn't about one individual's anointing. This isn't about Justin's gifting. He's amazing up here, right? But what he's ushering you into isn't his thing. He's ushering you into an encounter with Jesus. And it's not about one person. It's about all of us, right? Ephesians says every joint supplies. David Wagner, he came this past year. If you don't know David, he's an incredible prophet. He's from uh, Tennessee. He, he lives in Tennessee. Amazing, amazing guy. He came and just imparted so much to us. Who was here for that? Yeah, it was a really impactful, really impactful weekend. Um, and I just want to list a few things that he said. One, in Antioch Church. What's that? It's a sending church, but it's a church that carries massive influence. Guys, the influence that we carry in this house is way bigger than the number of chairs and seats you see in this room. Way bigger. Like when I looked at that countries list, when we talk about worship in the park, when we talk about these things that we're doing, we're talking about influence that spans well beyond anything that we see. What else did he say? He says that God has called us to be a fortress for families. How many feel that? That is, that is a reality in this house. This is, like, this is a reality. Like, our kids' ministry, the things that we, like, the families that are here, like, this is a fortress for families. And then I love this last one because this is burning in my heart. You're going to hear more about, me, about this later on this year because it's burning in me, is to prepare the bride for his return. Oh, come on. I could preach for an hour and a half on that right now, but I'm not going to preparing the bride for his return if you don't know the story isn't over he's returning and there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth and he's going to change the reality of everything when he comes oh man that's so good so we want his vision right this isn't about our vision. We can come up with some good goals. How many of you, you have businesses and you come up with goals every year? It's a good thing to have goals. But what I love about having goals that also are what the Lord is saying is we can actually accomplish those. Right? I set goals every year and I'm like, Ugh, and then I look back every year and I'm like, well, didn't do that, didn't do that, didn't do that, didn't do that. Right? And a large part of that's because I'm trying to do that on my own exercise. I'm like, Ugh, come on, Jesus. I can do that, right? We want his vision. So what are three things that happen when you get God's vision? One, his vision is always bigger than your vision. Always. That's why it's like, okay, I'm de- I, I, I have faith for this, right? And God's like, I have faith for this. You have faith for Fort Worth. I have faith for revival for all of Texas. Two. His vision will always be accompanied with the resources of heaven to accomplish it. So many times vision is like, okay, how do we do that? 
And it's like, well, it requires resources. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want it to be about my resources. I want it to be about God's resources. Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he can make it happen if it's on his heart. All it takes is an obedient yes. Number three, his vision will always pull you out of your comfort zone and into a place that's supposed to say unfamiliarity. Into a place of unfamiliarity. All right, vision process. So this vision that we're talking about here has gone through a prayer process. I just want to submit this to you. We had our staff pray over it. Our elders have prayed over this. My dad and I have talked about it, prayed over it. Our executive team here at at the church has prayed over it. This isn't something that's like, yeah, we got this cool vision. We're just going to show up and share it, right? No, this has gone through a lot. Like, we've talked about this. We have labored over this. We have prayed over this. And I just want to submit this, this process to you. All right, so what we believe 2022 is about is build boldly. Turn to somebody next to you and say, build boldly. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah you kind of got to like build boldly, right? Kind of got to build boldly. Kind of got to give it an extra goose gusto. So build boldly. Convergence is called to be out of the ordinary. What did I just say when we talked about those numbers? Those numbers are not ordinary numbers, right? It's out of the ordinary because we're not called to be the same as everyone else. God has a unique and specific call for this body that is also a unique and specific call for every single one of you. So we are called to create earthquakes that shake up religion. Come on, did you feel religion shake when we were singing Fear Go? I mean, you can't sing Fear Go, Holy Spirit, come and not have religion just shake, just crumble. God is looking for a place to rest. He is looking for a people that will hunger and thirst for more. And our desire and our heart for convergence is that this will be that place and that we will be that people. Let's say, God, we just want more. We just want more. Listen to this quote by uh, Pastor Russell Johnson. Revival isn't for the perfect, but for the honest, the hungry, the broken and contrite, the people who refuse to live without it. Oh, come on, that's good. You know where that broken and contrite comes from? It comes from Psalm 51, 17. Do you know what that means? That word contrite in the Hebrew actually means to crouch. What's the point? It's the humble. It's those that are willing to go low so that he can pull them up. It's those that are willing to say, it's not about me. It's about him. Revival is for the, for the hungry. Come on, is anyone hungry in this room to see a move of God happen? I believe that we are in the midst of it and we are going to be forerunners. We're pioneering something. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to live without it. I refuse to live without it. We are all about encounter over performance, presence over presentation, and intimacy over influence. I've said this before many times, but the goal of everything, even the numbers that we talked about, the goal is an influence. The goal is intimacy. And I want to tell you a secret. I want to give you a secret this morning. Intimacy produces influence. But it produces influence well beyond what you think influence means. 
and it does something. It, root, it, it keeps you rooted and grounded in who God is and his character and his nature. And because you're rooted and grounded in intimacy, you can carry and handle the influence that the Lord wants to hand you. And this morning, some of you in this room, you're called to bring revival all over the earth. You're called to do some crazy things. You're called to start businesses. You're called to do some massive things. But I want to give you a secret this morning. It starts with intimacy. Step one, intimacy. And then all of a sudden, whoa, where did this influence come? Not because I'm looking for influence. Because I've been with the Lord. And he produces influence in me presence over presentation right it's not all about a good presentation i'm not trying to bring you a great presentation this morning what i'm trying to do is usher you into a deeper place of the presence of jesus encounter over performance redefining church for a generation shaking up the way things have always been done and watching him do something new who wants to see something new yeah come on There is fresh boldness in 2022 to build his church around encountering Jesus and transforming cities with his power and love. So what does this look like? If you have your Bibles, we are going to get into the word this morning, believe it or not. I want you to turn to Acts 9, verse 31. And I'm going to say this like I do every time that I preach, and I'm going to beat it till till it's a dead horse. If you do not have your Bible, you need your Bible. You need to bring it to church. Bring your Bible. We are going to get into the word. The word is food. It is amazing. It is living and active. All right, so here we go. So I'm just going to give you a bit of context here. So this is the conversion of Saul, Acts 9. So Saul's name is not Paul yet. It's still Saul. And he's traveling on the road to Damascus. We all know the story. All of a sudden, he has an encounter. His life completely shifts. And I love this. Saul has an encounter with Jesus. Look at verse 20 real quick, real quick. I'm going to try not to preach too long, but man, this is, this is really good right here. Listen to this. And someone say immediately. It doesn't say, and after Saul went through two years of discipleship training. I love discipleship. I'm all about it. But it says Saul had an encounter with Jesus, he saw Jesus, his life was transformed, and what does it say? Immediately, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. Oh, I love this. Don't you love this? He's not even Paul yet. He's still Saul. He hasn't gone through all of the, all of the stuff. He, doesn't, he hasn't even met all of the disciples yet. Some of the disciples are still scared of him. And he's proclaiming Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, when you see him, the outflow of that is that you begin to get immediate. Oh, that people would know and be able to see this too. I love that. Let's continue. He has this encounter. What's my point? Saul is, is, a, is a great example to say you don't have to wait for your life to look perfect to proclaim Jesus. You don't have to have all the scripture memorized. You don't have to even wait for a pastor to give you permission. Guess what? We as pastors, we give you permission right now. Go proclaim Jesus. Let your life overflow with your encounter and allow other people to encounter him too. 
So he was speaking out boldly, not in his own confidence, but in a confidence that only came from an encounter with Jesus. All right, Acts 9, 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up. Someone say built up. Built up and going on in what? The fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Oh, don't you love this passage? What are the two ingredients here, right? The two ingredients here is what? The fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I almost picture this formula, right? If you like math, right? Fear of the Lord, comfort of the Holy Spirit, increase. It wasn't Saul's good preaching, disciples well anointed, increase. It's all about looking to him. Fear of the Lord, not fear of anything else, but that fear that means reverence and awe of the Lord. This word built up is the Greek word okio demeo. I love saying it, so you got to say it with me. Okio demeo. Come on, that's, that's a fun Greek word, right? What does that mean? It means to build a house. It means to construct, to establish, to amplify a building, to make spiritual advancement. So I want you to see this. This is what we feel for this year. So you've got that word build, okio de meo, to construct, to establish, to spiritually advance. But then you have boldly, which means what? Confidence, courage, and risk. And what I love is, is when you sandwich these two words together, you get the outcome. Because to build, you need the boldly. Because establishing and constructing something requires confidence, requires courage, and requires risk. I want you to take a look back at Acts 9.28. If you have your Bible, this is Saul, right? It says, he was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem speaking out what boldly in the name of the lord so saul was speaking out boldly so this verse precedes the 931 and what's sandwiched in the middle of those two passages is persecution the hellenistic jews all of a sudden are like whoa saul we don't like this we don't like this little conversion party you've got going on where all of a sudden you're proclaiming jesus and they begin to try to persecute him but I love is Saul spoke boldly. He was being persecuted. What happened as the outcome is they were built up in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And out of all of that, there's increase. Why? Because Saul's like, I'm not going to be quiet. It's like Mary when she ran from the tomb. I have seen the Lord. I can't be quiet when I've seen the Lord. Who cares how much persecution I face? I refuse to be quiet. And because of that, there's increase. He was stepping into confidence, courage, and taking risk, which brought persecution, but it propelled the church forward. It propelled the church forward. The church needed it. So build boldly means we are establishing constructing and spiritually advancing by stepping into greater confidence, courage, and risk. Greater confidence, 
courage and risk. So what does this mean? This means this year, you better get ready for some more confidence. Oh, come on. You better get ready for some more courage. You better get ready for a willingness to take risk. (laughs) Not as many cheers for that one. (laughs) And you better get ready for greater spiritual advancement. Come on, Linda's with me. Is anybody else? Let's go. Come on. Thank you, Linda. I needed that. That was good. I believe the Lord is giving us fresh confidence, courage, faith to risk, and new levels of spiritual advancement this year. But I'm going to I'm going to land the plane here. For us to step into this is going to require this. The key to building boldly is believing boldly. Oh, I could preach a whole message on this. My dad even brought it up a little bit earlier, right? When, when he talked about and they believed. Do you know how often that word is in that is in the New Testament believed? I don't know. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I know it's a lot. Because Jesus often equated faith and believing. Often. Why? Because it's not enough just to say, yeah, we're going to build boldly. We have to believe that he's actually going to do it. Oh, come on. This year, we are going to step beyond any doubt. I'm calling myself out of it even. I'm calling myself out of this thing where I'm like, I'm going to pray for you and maybe something's going to happen. I'm going to step out and get in a new business venture and maybe it'll succeed. I'm going to step out and I'm going to maybe this will happen. I'm going to be, I'm going to step out and do worship in the park and maybe something good will come from it. Take the maybe out of your life right now and put in belief. No, 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 no. I'm going to believe boldly for that. I'm going to believe boldly for that business venture. I'm going to believe boldly that people are going to come and they're going to encounter Jesus in this place. I'm going to believe boldly that as I spend two hours in prayer on Thursday, that it's not just for the stage, it's impacting a city. I'm going to believe boldly that every person that I pray for is going to get healed. I'm going to actually not just say it, I'm going to believe it. Woo! Woo! Come on, Luke 8, 50. Jairus' daughter, right? What does he say? But when Jesus heard this, he answered them, do not be afraid. So we already battled that, right? No more fear. Do not be afraid. But what's the second thing? Only believe. Woo, I can feel the faith in the room for that right now. Come on. That Greek word, believe, is the Greek word pasteo. It means to entrust, to be mentally persuaded. Oh, come on, this is it. In order for us to build boldly, you have to be persuaded that he's going to do it. Not you, because you don't need to do it. You can't do it, but he can. So what's the point? Are you persuaded in 2022 that he can do it? If you're watching online, are you persuaded? And I'm asking the Lord, there's that verse as well where there's that guy that's like, Lord, help my unbelief. That's been a prayer of mine this year already. Some of you in your quiet time, you just need to pray that prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. We're all growing, right? We're not perfect. We're, we're stepping into something. And so we're saying, Lord, help our unbelief in order that we may believe to the fullest capacity to anchor our faith 
to you to not say something may happen, but no, you are going to move. Woo! Man, that's good. What does a pioneer do? Have you ever thought about this? Like when you're pioneering a business, what happens? You're stepping into unknown territory, right? Pioneers never just attempt to do something because they're usually giving their all in it. Like when you pioneer a business venture, a lot of times you're like pouring your savings in. You're doing so much. What's, what happens out of that is you have so many people that are like, wow, look at that amazing business. And then you talk to the business owner and they're like, yeah, there was like mass chaos and I almost didn't even pay my bills for a long time there. And so many times we see the outcome of a pioneer we're like, man, that looks cool. Can we, can we step into that vision? You miss the journey because the journey required everything they had. In order to build, in order to pioneer, it requires everything you have. And if we don't give everything, I don't want to be the one on the sidelines like, man, look at that really cool thing that that... That's, that's going on over there, and it's like, well, they endured so much in the years to get there, but it was worth it because God is doing something out of it. So many times God asks us to do things. We can go ahead and get keys, Jeff. Many times God asks us to do things that are way outside of our comfort zone. But listen to this. Obeying God at all costs will require risk. Not may, because God doesn't work that way. And I love that he doesn't work that way. He sees our comfort zones and he's like, man, I'm just getting ready for that curveball. Here it comes. And that curveball looks to us like, oh, that's not wisdom. Uh-oh, I'm going to preach on this again. But it's the spirit of wisdom. What's my point? Sometimes we actually mask, we actually mask this, we, what we think is the safe thing is actually disobedience. Mm. Because the spirit of wisdom calls you out. And earthly wisdom will stay in a confined area because it's safe. Can you imagine what the Israelites looked like marching around Jericho? You can just picture them. They're like up top on the wall, you know, just eating popcorn, like, look at these guys. They've already done this six times. Just wait till the seventh. And then the walls came down. Can you imagine what Jonah looked like going to Nineveh? That's risky. He didn't even want to do it at first, and then he got swallowed by a whale. Can you imagine like Saul, as we read in Acts 9, he's preaching in the midst of Hellenistic Jews attempting to persecute him. And he refuses to be silent. That's risky. What's the outcome? Massive church growth. Massive revival. What's my point? The point is that you got to step beyond earthly wisdom and you got to allow the spirit of wisdom and revelation as it says in Ephesians 1, 7, Paul prays that prayer. He says, and I pray that you may know the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Why is that important? Because it will always bring you out of your comfort zone. And what's at the other end of your comfort zone of smashing that thing is increase. It's building. It's 
confidence, it's courage, it's seeing dreams and reality and desires of your heart fulfilled. But you got to step beyond you and into him. You got to believe boldly. Can we stand? Listen, risky isn't so risky if he's saying it. Oh. You know what's riskier? You not doing something or you doing something outside of him. Both are riskier than doing something that looks twice as hard but with him. Why? Because when he is with you, he provides the tools. He provides the safety. He provides the protection. He provides the finances. He provides the increase. And this year, some of you, you need to step into that place and you need to say, I am going to build boldly, but I got to believe boldly. So come on, Jesus. Let's just receive this. Lord, today we step in, God. We step in, Jesus. We just say that we will build boldly with you, God. We are going to build boldly, but first we have to believe. So this morning, Lord, I'm asking that you would author fresh faith in our hearts, Lord. Lord, that where we've maybe operated in our own minds, in our own understandings, Lord, that you would allow us to walk with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Some of you, you've wanted to do something for a long time. And you are actually getting in the way, and you need to ask him what he wants to do. And listen, the scariest part of asking God something is that he's going to give you an answer, and then it's your opportunity to say yes. So Lord, we just thank you for that, God. And I'm just asking, Lord, come on, if this is in your heart, just say yes. Lord, I'm asking that you would bring a yes in our heart, God. Lord, that we would believe boldly this year, God, that you are establishing us, that you are constructing something in this house, and that we are going to step in boldly, which means more confidence, more courage, and a willingness to risk it all for you because you're worth it, because you are building your house, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. And I just want to encourage us as well. This is, this is a word for convergence, this house, but guess what? If you're a part of this house, it's a word for your house. This isn't just a, a corporate word this morning. I want you to take this word. A prophetic word over the house is a prophetic word for your house. So you get the opportunity to carry this seed individually. And as a corporate body, we are carrying this seed. And we are going to plant it in good soil. And we are going to say, Lord, would you do it? Would you do it in this house called Convergence Church, the local church expression? But would you do it in my house? Come on, say, would you do it in my house? Lord, would you do this in my house, Lord? Would you do this in my house, God? We just thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.